welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 115. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited about today's episode. It's going to be a great, great show. Also, uh, we are... Uh, guys, you've been so, so amazing with donations and sewing into this ministry uh, to keep it free. And one of the ways that we actually take that money along with running all of this and making it free and accessible and continuing to uh, refine it and grow it is we also, um, we drill wells over in Uganda. We partnered with a ministry called Show Mercy International. And uh, they're doing amazing work. I've admired them for actually quite a few years, even before I uh, started working for the Elijah List. And, um, you know, they're long friends of Steve Schultz, who's, of course, uh, the host of Elijah Streams, founder of Elijah List. And uh, so they've been sending us update videos just to kind of keep things fresh and show you guys where your money is going as well. So you don't even need when you donate, you don't even need to say, oh, this is for the wells. You that's you you can see one of these and go that's my that's my money that's sewing into this and it's doing all these other things as well so michael go ahead and play that new video that we just got the other day for uh for the good people her day starts around 7 a.m after getting dressed she washes her face using whatever water she has left over from the night before the rest of her morning is filled with chores she sweeps works in the garden and weaves mats Her favorite thing to do in the morning is make a hot cup of tea. One of the highlights of her day is seeing her neighbors and friends that pass by. It can get lonely being by yourself. Jaja Goretti is fortunate to have a water source in her village because of Elijah Fire. Her friends and neighbors help her collect water so she can enjoy her cup of tea and care for herself. But that's not the case for everyone. Not everyone has access to a clean water source in their village. Not everyone has someone to help them. But you could be that someone. By donating towards the drilling of clean water wells in Uganda, you are helping thousands of people. You are giving them safe, clean drinking water. Amazing. So yeah, you can go to ElijahFire.com slash donate. If you're like, dude, this is awesome. I want to be a part of this. There you go. Even if it's $5, that money is is instrumental. In fact, we're digging a new well every five days, which is just crazy. Um, and so honestly, God bless Steve. Like he's, it was his idea, or I guess God's idea to, to really spearhead this. And so we're, I'm just, I'm stoked. I love this kind of stuff. It's awesome. So, um, okay. Uh, I saw a comment from somebody on Twitch asking, Hey, what's the best way to get a testimony to us? Uh, the answer is the, there's, there's two ways you can DM us on Instagram at Elijah fire show, or you can send us a private message on our Facebook page. So there you go. Links are in the description. If you're like, Ooh, I didn't know they had a Instagram or I don't know they had a Facebook. There you go. Uh, links are in the description. You can click there. And send us your testimonies. There you go. Um, if you guys haven't, we just, you know, we started doing these teaching series and we just launched a new one this week. It's Understanding Your Dreams with Cindy McGill. And it is so amazing, you guys. And it's going to be a four-part series. 
Um, and even that first episode was just so good. I've been getting some great feedback from it. Uh, so if you haven't checked it out yet, go over, watch that after this, watch that, um, because we're going to be doing, we're going to do them every Wednesday. And then the final episode, we're doing live dream interpretation. And I don't want you guys air dropping in and being like, oh, I'm going to sit out. I'm just going to go in for the live dream interpretation because there are some, we're going to be covering like the most common dreams. So you could send us a dream and actually find an answer for it. If you just watched all the episodes, uh, but you can still, of course, send in your dreams. Um, and we're going to be detailing how we're going to be handling that as we get closer. But just know that, that final episode, we're going to be doing live dream interpretation. I'm excited, guys. Can you tell? <laughs> live dream interpretation with Cindy McGill. It's going to be awesome. That final episode, uh, part four of four. But uh, yeah, go check out part one of four and then stick around for uh, every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, my last announcement. Starting this Monday, that is October 17th, we are going to five days a week with Elijah Fire. That's right. Tons more Elijah Fire content coming your way. Got a lot of really cool ideas as well that just take time, you know, they take time. I want to do them well. I want to execute them well. Uh, but going to five days a week is really going to help uh, speed that process up along. So tune in every day next week for Elijah fire. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So can't wait. All right. Speaking of can't wait, man, I absolutely love this guest. Uh, she's a uh, total spitfire. Amazing. Uh, she's a speaker. She's an author. She's also the host of the Rachel ham show on YouTube and rumble. Let's give it up for my guest today. Rachel Hare. Rachel ham. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah. Always, always a pleasure. Okay. So right out of the gate, we're going to address something, okay? Yes. We're going to address something. Um, we had received an email earlier in the week from somebody saying, hey, Rachel Ham is speaking out against Elijah Streams. She mm -hmm. doesn't like Elijah Streams. Um, turns out that was not the case. And someone was slandering you, basically, and taking it. So I say whatever you want to say regarding it. Yeah. So they took a video of me talking, and then they, they downloaded it, and they – um, they put words on the screen to say that this is what I was talking about, which was not true at all, which right. one of them was that they said I was speaking against, against Elijah's dreams and that I was saying to stay away from it. Nothing could be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. I have loved Elijah List, Elijah Streams, and now Elijah Fire from the mm -hmm. very beginning. I have yep. sub subscribed to the newsletter when it was, you know, just getting emailed to you from Elijah List for years mm -hmm. i think steve schultz is one of the sweetest kindest most humble um people i just love him mm -hmm. nothing i love you too obviously Jeff. Oh, um, oh. so nothing could be further from the truth at all yeah. and then they they acted like i was saying that and i yeah i think it's ridiculous like why would i even come on your show and right I mean, it's like, like, yeah, yeah no totally not true um i did report it to youtube i did too so yeah, hopefully it's. I haven't checked to see if it's been taken down. Hopefully, um, yeah. but it's so frustrating. Anyone can just kind of do that kind of thing and misrepresent you, and and then to find out people were believing it was it broke my heart. Honestly, yeah. I actually was really upset about it. So yeah. glad that we got there's to a, set the record straight. Yeah, and there's a valuable lesson here. I think that even though that channel wasn't part of the mainstream media, it just goes to show just because something isn't part of the mainstream media doesn't mean you can trust it. I would say especially you know like. Um, right. and so, you know, a non 
major news network is not exempt from misinformation or falsifying stuff. Um, right. So I would, uh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. definitely. Oh, sorry. I didn't no, you're good. you're good. So, okay. I'm so glad we got that cleared up. But uh, just from your little intro, I had a couple things that I wanted to say. First of all, I saw Kathleen and Emma and Rachel giving me love and Eve giving me love in the comments. I was reading all the Aww. comments uh, during the intro. Thank you guys. So sweet. That really blessed me. But you were talking about giving money to Elijah Fire. I would like to challenge everyone today. I'm going to give $100 as soon as we get off to Aww. Elijah Fire. And I want <laughs> everyone watching to match that. Give 100 oh, bucks. Just 100 bucks. Guys. You can do it. You can cut cut something out and put it towards Elijah Fire. You're obviously on here because you love the show. Let's yeah. bless them. They've been such a blessing. Oh, shucks. Thanks, Rachel. That's awesome. My pleasure. Yeah. Okay. So, Rachel, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff today. What are we talking about today? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about was my experience in running for secretary of state and some things that happened where yeah. I felt like I got to see behind the curtain. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. And, um, you know, I'm a very optimistic person. I think really, if we are people of faith, we should always yeah, be optimistic and have hope mm -hmm. for things. Right. So yeah. I want to make sure that's clear before I see this, cause it, it could sound, uh, it's, uh, it's negative. Right. But, but it's not, we're not without hope in the negativity. So I feel like in seeing behind the curtain, I realized that things are worse than we think. Like we know mm -hmm. they're pretty bad with the government. It's worse than we think. I think we are under an illusion of freedom. I don't think mm -hmm. we actually have much freedom. I think there's a lot of things that are being controlled and um, the, the selling of one's soul and making deals with the devil, with each other, to get things accomplished that people want to accomplish mm -hmm. that are in powerful positions is the way it is done. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's so, so corrupt and shady and um, it's, it's pure evil. It's yeah. really like, I don't know what percentage of people that are in governmental positions that are good, but it's not real big. <laughs> it's like mm. kind of a small percentage. So that's kind of good news for me. The reason why is I want to always know the truth. I want to know what I'm actually dealing with because I don't think we can solve the problem if we don't realize what we're actually dealing with. Right. So yeah. I did feel like I was glad to know the truth and to realize like, wow, okay, this is even worse than I thought. And I thought it was pretty bad. So then it's like, well, then Lord, like what in the world, like what do we do? Right. Mm -hmm. And I started feeling like truly revival and a spiritual awakening in the country is our only hope. Come on, And we've wanted that, right? We've been praying for that for quite a while, but I see it differently now. I feel desperate mm -hmm. for it. I am praying it every day, all throughout the day. I am dec decreeing it over the land. I am, mm -hmm. I am desperate for it in a way that I wasn't before. I wanted it before. Mm -hmm. I'm desperate now. And I, yeah. I want everyone to feel that desperation um, to, to call out to the Lord. Because the thing is, like, there's a scripture in Revelation where it talks about the golden bowls that are being filled with the prayers of the saints. Yep. And they reach a point where they get filled and they tip, right? And I just feel like, like if we truly are desperate for revival and spiritual awakening for the, for the hearts of men to turn back to God, and if we are crying out day and night for that, I really believe with all of my heart that we're going to see that happen. Yeah. And I want to inspire everyone to do that, to yeah. cry out to the Lord for it, yeah, to do your part to make that happen. 
Yeah. Um, well, I think that shifts your focus too, because you're not, when you are crying out to that level, there is a, uh, there's this responsibility that comes over you too, knowing that you play a part in this, like all of us play a part in this. And, mm -hmm. and it actually starts to shift your focus where you start looking at situations differently of, of how you can start carrying this stuff out. Obviously you can't, if God's not with us, then it's just like, why even do it? Right. But, um, I think that, yeah, doing what you're talking about really shifts my focus to really start to look at things differently, where you start to behave differently and view things mm -hmm. differently in a good way. Yeah. Well, and you know, we, we need God to act on our behalf and we need his glory to fall and we need revival, but we don't need to be waiting for it. We need to be actively pursuing it. And there's a big difference because I've, I've heard quite a few people say, you know, with things that are happening in the country that, you know, that they're, they're just waiting for God to, to move. And I'm like, I understand, but at the same time, I think it should be active waiting. It should be, sure. um, and that we all do really have a, a part to play, Absolutely. whether it is trying to actively be change in our communities and, you know, in the world, but also praying aggressively, you know, th th all throughout scripture, there, there are times of God responding to the prayers of his people and doing something just because of the prayers of the people. Like we have to be praying with that kind of faith of knowing that is the kind of God we're asking uh, this of. He does listen to our prayers. Our prayers are very powerful. And also I think we need to really be using our authority. Yeah. So the other thing in seeing behind the curtain, I kind of thought, you know, you've heard about a lot of these people being satanic. They are literally satanic. There are a lot of people <laughs> in leadership positions that are literally wor worshiping Satan. Okay. Yeah. So they're very aware of how authority works. Mm -hmm. Very. They're mm -hmm. using it. Yeah. And I am hungry for the body of Christ to really understand authority and use authority. And yeah. so that's, that's what I really wanted to, to convey to everyone is that we play an active role and it is really time for the body of Christ to understand authority and use it. Well, and that's why, yeah. And I think that that's, it's interesting. I was, you know, I had Cindy McGill on for that part one of four of understanding your dreams. And we talked about this. She, she was emphasizing this multiple times. Like we need to know our authority, like, yes, uh, because it's huge. And she goes to some pretty dark places uh, mm -hmm. like burning man, which is very, mm -hmm. very new age stuff going yeah. on there. Um, so, um, yeah, I just think that um, this is a big, a big deal. And I think too, going back to what you're talking about, about people in higher up positions being Satanists, mm -hmm. it this isn't conspiracy. This isn't conspiracy theory. This right. is the fact that the church has allowed itself to be almost lulled to sleep. I wouldn't say the whole of the church. I would say a large portion. I wouldn't say all of the church. I think that's right. Absolutely. Thing. And yeah. I know you agree, but yeah. um, but allowed ourselves to be lulled to sleep. Um, and, and as a result, I mean, I, I was looking at this poll and it was saying that like, there are more unpracticing Christians and practicing Christians now, um, mm -hmm. uh, than there were even 10 years ago. And like, it literally has flipped, um, in the, the polls and there's a lot more people that are not actively pursuing the Lord and are, you know, taking on, um, progressive ideologies, mm -hmm. even in the church. And then slowly, but surely you're seeing people like you're seeing people become atheists. Mm -hmm. 
very unspiritual. Um, all the while, the um, darkness, the agendas of Satan are using that to their advantage. The fact that the church has been lulled to sleep, using that to their advantage and gaining a lot of ground. Now, I don't think they're going to win. I think that people are starting to wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, let it be a, let it be a warning mm-hmm. to stay alert. You know, it's interesting because you're talking about like Christians sliding out and, and moving towards, um, you know, worldly ways and stuff. I actually am also seeing the opposite. Like oh, cool. in the last couple of weeks, I've interacted with two atheists who are saying, I'm not so sure I'm right about being an atheist anymore. Oh, I, I've seen some things on. recently. I've experienced some things recently. Mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to think I'm wrong. Both of them told us, so told cool. me son and I that, and we're like, this is interesting. Two yeah. atheists How that cool. are, yeah, I know. I love that. It, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is cool. Yeah. So I think to, um, in regards to what's happening at high levels within the government, it's not even just in the government. I would say it's like every mountain of society, I would yeah. say, uh, the people at the top, they are it's one of those things where it's too too the implications of it are too scary so i'm going to just not believe it because there's just no that just sounds ridiculous that's yeah. how they're getting away with it is because yeah. it does sound ridiculous yeah i actually yeah. think that a lot of things that have been put into the category of conspiracy theory are true yeah. <laughs> like i interviewed a guy yesterday he was fascinating he is from Germany. His mom was a Bavarian princess, and he is a, a Rothschild in the line of the Rothschilds. Okay. And his, so his great grandpa, uh, or great or great great grandpa, was Nathan Rothschild, I think it was. And uh, so he has very interesting uh, information perspective. So his parents and, and his brother and him went away from the family. They they did not embrace a lot of the things that the rest of the family had embraced and were ostracized from the family because of it and were cut off. And they had to uh, seek exile from the Nazis, his, his uh, parents and grandparents did. And he, so he just had a lot of really, you know, a lot of things that we have heard that were like, well, that's, that's probably like, like a conspiracy, you know, or, or whatever. Right. It's, it's, yeah. right. it's like, yeah. it's a joke because he was talking about who is actually running the world mm-hmm. and He's like, it, it's the bankers. It is the, it is my family. Like it is the, this group, yeah. uh, this, these banking families and they control the world because you, if you control the money, you're controlling the world. And it, you know, they, they um, are keeping their control by way of keeping everyone in debt and enslaved through the debt. And mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, like we've, we've heard about the Rothschilds and Illuminati and he was talking about Illuminati stuff mm-hmm. and how his, his family was all, apart they actively met the illuminati it was, it was started in his where he lived that's yeah. where the original group started in i think it was 1776 and then you know throughout the the family line they all were a part of it and he's like they try to make it act they act like it's a conspiracy theory so that everyone will just mock you know mock it and do nothing about it just move on and live their life and not pay attention mm-hmm. so so he said the mocking of it actually comes from them like they start the mocking of it. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm honestly not surprised. I think too, I mean, the way that you also get, I think where it becomes fantasy, it's easier to accept it as fantasy is when you put, start putting it in arts and entertainment. 
the whole idea of this Illuminati and then you write this intricate, you know, storyline that involves the Illuminati and you're like, that's a movie, it's fake. And so right. there's this thing in your brain also where you're like, it's fake, it's in a movie. We know movies are fake, um, or most of us do. Um, and so then it's like, it becomes, you immediately take it. I know for myself, I would take it and just put it in fantasy. Yeah. That's fake. It's just fiction. It's just, you know, yeah. I don't feel that way anymore, but I did. Yeah. When my son, our, our youngest son was little, he really was struggling with knowing, uh, understanding that TV wasn't real or movies weren't real. And so we used to watch Matlock together, the old show uh -huh. of uh, Ben Matlock, the attorney mm -hmm. from Atlanta, Georgia, is the old guy, my grandpa. And my grandpa had loved it. And I started watching it because of my grandpa. And then our youngest son was watching it, which is kind of funny that a little mm -hmm. kid would be watching Matlock. I know. But we were talking about that, how we needed an attorney for something. And he said, oh, I know a great one. His name is Ben Matlock. He's from Atlanta. He has never lost a case. That's, <laughs> we're like, oh, oh that's, well. that's, oh, yeah. That <laughs> yeah, that won't help us, but thanks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. cute. That's cute. Okay. Yeah. So when you talk about behind the curtain, mm -hmm. let's talk about it. Like, what, what do you mean by that? It's uh, actually getting to interact with the pe them, with people in high level politics mm -hmm. that, um, literally you can buy things you can't it, i mean it was it was said like do you want this to happen you can for you can buy it you can make that happen with a certain amount of money literally for one thing it's a certain amount of money um other things it was exchange of of like you know if we put you into this position which is an interesting conversation to have if we put you in this position wow isn't yeah. it aren't we elected no I would say we have selected yeah. officials, oh, man. not elected, yeah. if it, but that's, I don't want to get you kicked off YouTube. So yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll just be we'll tiptoe we... around enough so that people get the idea. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, and, and there's just a, a real power hungry, like maintain your power at all costs, soullessness, um, literally even looking into some people's eyes and it's being so literally dark, wow. like when you're looking yeah. at them, like. Mm -hmm. You sold your soul a long time ago. Yeah. Is dark. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's from experience. Like it's not that I'm theorizing, you know, about it. And again, I think it's it's good to know. It's good to know what we're dealing with. Yeah. And how soon after you started? So you started running for Secretary of State in California. Mm -hmm. How soon into the process did you start noticing stuff? Weird stuff. It was a little while because at first, I just did not know what I was doing. I was just kind of stumbling through, right. um, kind of figuring things out, speaking at things. Mm -hmm. And it took a little while to yeah. start making connections, getting invited to the conversations. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe halfway through my campaign, yeah, like so that, maybe six months into it. That, yeah, because I would imagine it wouldn't be like, you know, okay, we got say for the sake of the argument we got 50 people running for secretary of state definitely are not that many people running but uh they're not going to be like by the way here's our true intention behind this stuff i i would imagine you have to kind of they let that process whittle down a little bit of the amount of people running and then once they see the serious people then they maybe get a little bit more loose about the way they talk about things yeah maybe yeah, yeah. um 
Yeah, I don't know. And then, well, for me, it was interesting because I think once it was clear I was not going to play that game whatsoever, they dropped someone in to run against me. I don't know if you, if mm-hmm. we talked about that or not, yeah. but um, I think it was because I couldn't be controlled. And, and they the were guy a Republican they, candidate, candidate, right? Yeah. yeah. And he literally didn't campaign at all, didn't raise any money, didn't do anything at all, and supposedly won. Sounds familiar on a much larger scale. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. So, but I also have had a couple of dreams recently that I wanted to talk about. I'm so glad you're doing that live dream dream interpretation. Yeah, I did that on my show one time. It was like one of my most popular shows. People wow. loved it. That's going to be sweet. I'm stoked. It's so life-giving too. You have a dream, you share it. And then when someone, you know, has the, the gift of interpreting it, it's just like the best. I love it. Yeah. Cause I've never been in an experience. I've been in like small scale where I've even been a part of helping interpret a dream but i'm excited to watch cindy do her thing mm-hmm. she's been doing it for years so i'm looking really looking forward to that so yeah very did exciting she used to work with john paul jackson she did yeah, yeah. she uh i don't know how much because mm-hmm. there's some people that go oh she was a student of john paul jackson but she's always quick to say no i wasn't a, a student but yeah i did work work alongside yeah so because i remember i thought it was cindy mcgill and um john paul jackson they that weren't went to burning man it was i remember him telling the story okay it was a group of them that went and they led a lot of people to the lord through through going there and setting up a booth Mm -hmm. and they would do dream interpretation and prophetic uh, I think they call them like prophetic readings or, or yeah like, they tried to word it in a new way. I think it's like way. life readings or something like that is how yeah. she called it. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's crazy. There was a seer because there's a lot of seers. You know, my youngest son is a seer. Mm-hmm. A lot of seers end up in the new age because a yeah. lot of churches don't acknowledge that gift, especially kind of the cessationist spectrum mm-hmm. churches, you know, and there's yeah. a lot of those. And so so these seers, I felt like they were crazy and were misunderstood and not accepted in the church, whereas the new age would really accept them. So they found that at, when they went to Burning Man, that there were a lot of seers yeah, and, so and cool. prophets. So it was really interesting. And one of the seers came up to John Paul Jackson and was talking to him. And then he turned around and, and put his back to John Paul and kept talking to him. And John Paul was like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, he said, oh, your light is just so bright. I honestly, like, I don't even want to look at you. It's so wow. bright. Wow. And, but he wanted to be near him and it was interesting. So anyway, yeah. it was a little. Super interesting. Little so on note. the topic of dreams though, you've had a couple of dreams recently. Yeah. I've been dreaming a lot. Uh, and are you a dreamer? Would, do you call yourself, would you consider yourself, you know, you're a prophetic dreamer, right? That's what you call it, kind of soft yeah. title for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I've had it my whole life. I've mm-hmm. dreamt a lot ever since I was yep. a kid. It actually kind of tormented me as a kid because I would have dreams and see things in my dreams and then it would happen in real life. And as a kid, then the enemy like really attacked that. Like, so I would have nightmares and then mm-hmm. I would be very fearful that that nightmare was tr- going to be true or end up being true or that that was going to happen to me. And got to where I didn't want to dream anymore. I didn't want to even go to sleep. And it was, it was definitely a gift I had from the beginning, but for a while it was quite attacked and I didn't understand it really. And then as I've gotten older, it's just been such a blessing and I love how God shows us things. You know, that's part of why I love your show so much and what Elijah streams and um, Elijah list, all of that. It's because it's so life-giving and encouraging when 
you realize that God is actually speaking to you, right? that he is right. showing you things, mm -hmm. that he's giving you what you need to know. And yeah. that when you ask him, like, I love, you know, the Jeremiah, is it 33.3, like, call to me and I will answer you and I show you great and hidden things, things that you have not known. That's some, that's really like amazing. Like it's yeah. something that it's like, that should still cause a sense of wonder in us. And for me, it definitely does. I love going to sleep at night because I cannot wait to have the dream I'm going to have because yeah. I love how God shows me things in dreams. Yeah. So I had this a similar dream twice. And whenever you have a, a dream repetitively, you definitely want to pay attention to it. Um, you know, once, I, I mean, I pay attention to all of my dreams, but once I have it twice, it's definitely like, okay, stop. What, what is God saying to me and what is he maybe saying that I either didn't get the first time mm -hmm. or, or why is he repeating it and putting kind of a, an exclamation point on it? Mm -hmm. So that's what happened with this dream. The, the first dream was that my husband was driving. I was in the passenger seat. We were driving up on a yeah. windy road up in the mountains. Okay. It was nighttime. And we were driving behind what I knew was a governmental SUV. It was like a black SUV. And um, it started sliding and it, it, I, I said, oh, look, they're on thin ice, which I specifically said thin ice in the dream. I was like, oh, look, they're on thin ice. And then they went off the cliff. And I turned to my husband and I said, whoa, I am so glad I'm not that we're not them. And right when I said that, we went off a different cliff. Like we turned and went off a cliff and I woke up. So I was like, that doesn't seem good. Like, why did... I knew they were on thin ice. In other words, like they were in trouble and then they went off the cliff and then I was glad I wasn't them. But then I, then I went off the cliff too. Like it just feels like ugh, it felt kind of bad. Uh, yeah. So then I had a, another dream the next night. I, I dreamt that my husband was driving. I was in the passenger passenger seat. All of our boys were in the back seat, and we were in the center of the Los Angeles mountains, which okay. is, you know, Los Angeles is Spanish for the angels. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. So we were at the top of the Los Angeles mountains going on, like merging onto the grapevine on a um, on-ramp. And as we were going onto the on-ramp, my husband and I were looking at each other again. In the first dream, we were looking at each other when we went off the cliff. So we're looking at each other. And talking, and then as I turned, we went straight off of a cliff. Hmm. But this time, I didn't wake up at that point. I am looking down as we are falling down, and we kept falling and falling and falling. It was a very long fall, like uh, like would maybe never happen in real life. Like hmm. you know, it just kept going, going. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we are falling so long that our death is certain because yeah, we're far, definitely going to die. <laughs> yeah. Like the impact, you know? So I turned to the boys and I say, our death is certain. And I got really excited. So we're falling to our death and I'm like, yes. And I said, Jesus, we're coming to see you. And I raised my hands. I'm like, well, we're coming to see you. And I was so excited. And I was, as I was looking down at where we were falling, it was all green, like super, super green, really beautiful. And I was trying to figure out what it was. Like, are those trees? Is that grass? Is uh -huh. that like, what is the green? You know? Yeah. So then I woke up. And so I began praying like, Lord, why did I have this dream that we went off a cliff? You know, like two, two dreams off a cliff, death is certain, like what? And I felt like he showed me that, um, 
that there is going to be a death to something, like an end to something, and it's going to be very abrupt, like instant, like we are on the street and now we are like instantly falling to our death. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be something abrupt and, um, and it's going to seem a little scary when it happens, but it's going to be very good mm-hmm. and it's going to lead to revival. That's why I was wow. like, because of us falling off the cliff, I'm like, Jesus, we're going to see Jesus. And we were falling towards the green, which I knew was like very vibrant life, you know, mm-hmm. like growth, life. It'd be interesting to see what Cindy would say about this dream. Yeah. Um, dream interpreters always are like, they're so good at it. Like they get things that you don't get, you know? Yeah. So, um, so it was, it was very positive. And also in both dreams, we were looking at each other mm. and I felt like that was representative of like God, the husband and the church, the bride, the true ecclesia, that those who know and have a, an intimate relationship with God, that as not only is he looking at us, like his eyes are on us, but also as we keep our focus on him, um, that there will be peace in it. It's great. It, it, yeah. It's it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like it was about the country, not necessarily about my life personally, specifically because of the, the um, SUV, the governmental SUV. Right. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. In the first one, and with it being on thin ice, I felt like it was like, like God is saying, like, they are on thin ice. Like, the stuff I've seen and witnessed, which I know is not even, it's just like a tiny tip of what actually, you know, fully is happening. God knows it all. Yeah. And those suckers yeah. are on thin ice. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. God help you if you mm. are really embracing evil and, and, acting out in evil ways to suppress and harm people. And I believe that that is what's happening and they are on thin ice. And Mm -hmm. then they went off that cliff first. So it was like that came to an abrupt end first and then, and then we did. So, yeah, well, I think that's an important detail too, because it's, it's not, it wasn't just the government. It also, you were affected by it too. So to me, I would look at that and go, okay, that also, could could mean exactly what you're saying where it's uh, or does mean exactly what you're saying where yes government but also everything else is going to be flipped on its head basically everything nothing there's nothing that won't be affected by what god is doing and what he's Mm -hmm. going to do because i think for definitely the last two years we've definitely been focused on the government the government the government this is bad this is out of alignment this isn't good down with this down with that in jesus name but then it's not just that and to me this dream is definitely a confirmation of that that it's not just government it's uh everything everything is going to be changed mm-hmm. and at least for the ecclesia and i i say ecclesia specifically because i feel like that is kind of what i would consider to be the true church mm-hmm. the ones that the, the believers who are genuinely in relationship yeah. with God and who have the Holy Spirit in them. They truly have given their life. Like that's the ecclesia, right? And so yeah. for the ecclesia, because I think I represented the ecclesia in that dream, the bride, you know, um, it was so positive. Hmm. Like I was at first scared going off. It was like, <gasps> you know, but in both, it was definitely a <gasps> feeling. And right. then it was like, sweet. <laughs> like Woo! Yeah. so good yeah like so that's excited. important though to pay attention to you know because i i've 
follow James Gall has been really instrumental in helping me understand dreams. And he always mm -hmm. asks, what was the primary emotion? So that yeah. for me is the immediate thing I ask when I have a dream yep. right out of the gate. What was the primary emotion? And for you, obviously there was an, that momentary shock because why wouldn't you be shocked plummeting to your, you know, your certain death off right. of a cliff, but then it was immediately followed by, uh, uh, elation, you know, so yes. important. Those things yes. are important. Yeah. Cause when certain things die, that, that will be a very positive thing for us. Mm -hmm. There's some things that need to die. Mm -hmm. So are yeah. you a big dreamer? Uh, I am actually, yeah, I would say not as much as my wife. Uh, but when I do dream, it's almost always very, very vivid. So yeah. 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 And Good. then there's times too where like I was asking Cindy about this as well. Um it's man, I love I love that we're talking about this. Uh because it's definitely something it's obvious that this is something that during the topic of dreams is very much on God's mind. Mm -hmm. Uh so I'm I'm loving this. Uh but I I was asking her about I'm like, have you ever seen things in your dreams that you know are actually future events or is it mm -hmm. always just similar she goes no i've I absolutely i've seen things that i know are are future events because i've had dreams where they're so vivid i it's almost like i can smell the room mm -hmm. i can i can hear I, like i that it's like a felt presence of being in an actual space um and there's nothing weird about the dream that would make it dreamlike. It seems like I literally just got propelled into the future to see something and then came back. Um, uh, have you ever had dreams like that? Oh, yeah. 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 It was it's so much crazy. so that when you first wake up, you can't even decipher that it was a dream. Like it was right. Like yeah. And you almost, especially if it's a good dream, you're like, oh, man, like mm -hmm. you get, there's always this like, me getting bummed out because it's not yeah. it, like it, it, it didn't actually happen yet. Yeah. So yeah. Like you want to go back to sleep, go back into mm -hmm. that. Yeah. 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 And I think sometimes dreams put things into us. Like, um, I mean, I've woken up and felt different because mm -hmm. of a dream that I had where it actually yeah, changed same. something in me or like God put like, like inserted encouragement into me, mm -hmm. you know, or, um, a feeling of peace or so something that, that, I was needing at that moment or a shift on something. Like I have felt very differently about people or things because of a dream. And it's kind of like God like put his heart into me in the dream through the Love dream. It. Yeah. So, so it, cool. can be, it can be a very powerful, powerful tool. And, and for people watching, like if you're like, well, I'm not really a prophetic dreamer. Um, you might be like, like, a lot of times people think dreams are so crazy because they're more metaphorical than literal. And so it can feel like, well, that was just a crazy dream, but, and it means nothing, you know, you assume it means nothing, but if you start analyzing it metaphorically, which hopefully Cindy will, will, I'm sure mm -hmm. she'll talk about oh, that. Yeah. Right? Like you start looking at all the things in the dream as a metaphor for something, then suddenly you're like, Oh, that really does probably have meaning, you know? And um, so that's just something for people to consider is really start looking at your dreams as parables, as, as life parables that God is giving you. And they're like riddles to figure out. And it can be really exciting to mm. press in and try to figure out what a dream means. Yeah. And sometimes too, even with dreams that I know my wife has had and I have had, there's this, 
assumption sometimes right out of the gate because it's not it maybe doesn't look good or it, it I get frustrated because I'm processing through it. And then as I take it to the Lord and break it down and look at it, even from a metaphorical standpoint, like one time my wife was in this, uh, this building, the shape of an L well, her name is Lauren and God was actually telling her there's a lot more to the dream. So I'm definitely simplifying it, but that this is actually like, this is, this is her, this has been her life thus far. And it was in the shape of an L. The building was in the shape of an L. And she was walking the length of the L-shaped building. And there were all these different stalls with all these different um, people from her life leading up to this specific moment in the dream. And God was trying to actually show her, hey, don't put all of your, uh, don't put all of your eggs in the basket of this one thing that you're doing right now that I have other things for you. I'm like, I said, I'm definitely over or simplifying it down for the sake of time. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so it's interesting. Like even with the L shaped thing, um, she was like, why was it in the shape of an L? I'm like, your name is Lauren. It's a, it's, and then it was all these life experience that she experiences she had had leading up to the moment that she had had that dream. So really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Okay. I feel compelled to, to ask you something. Yeah. Um, what is the most significant prophetic word that has been spoken over you? Oh man. Uh, honestly, Rachel, I would say in the past, since the summer, I've had more prof profound prophetic words spoken over me mm -hmm. than probably at least in my uh, recent years, then all those other recent years combined, I would say since probably, um, the beginning of July. Um, that's interesting. Is it because of doing this show or, um, I would say part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's, um, well, okay. I'll be, I'll be a little bit transparent with that. We've, we kind of touched on it last time you're on the show, but, um, there's been some criticism. Um, you know, I just felt very strongly from the beginning it's a really vulnerable thing to step out and do a show like this. Um, mm -hmm. I'm an extrovert, but I'm, uh, I, I was in like an eight year quiet season of, um, mm -hmm. just being refined and God walking me through some stuff and honestly exposing some bad theology. I didn't know it was bad theology. Um, that's a whole nother thing, but, um, you know, stepping on and just feeling very strongly of the approach of this show that yes, we were going to, to talk about some stuff we talk about on Elijah streams, but also some other stuff. And, and it was different for some people. Um, and I think some people were expecting more of the same with Elijah streams, but I knew, I knew Rachel, that it was like, we couldn't just do the same. We had to, God was challenging me to do things differently. Even my approach is different. It's a little bit more loose and casual. And, um, and some people were, uh, maybe if it wasn't their taste, but they didn't realize it was just a taste thing. And there was some people that said some really mean things. And, mm -hmm. um, and so that had kind of died down, but during the summer it had kind of sped up a little bit again. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, some people just operating in the religious spirit. And so as a mm -hmm. result, God then brought Robin Bullock. He brought, um, Andrew Tao, Andrew Whalen, some other people, um, uh, I would have a dream and then someone, I, someone who's a regular on the show would, would message me literally what I just dreamt about. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, Hey, I feel like God is saying this to you right now. He really wants you to. So honestly, it's been a series of things, but I will say, 
Uh, one of the most powerful prophetic words I've received recently was from Robin Bullock himself. Um, I was, you know, we, I sit in the background of Elijah streams. I don't run it anymore. We have this great girl named Emily who we hired, who's taken over that. Um, so I can focus more on this, but I still sit in and she was, um, all right. So we're just sitting there and I'm kind of minding my own business after the show, you know, they're all talking. And then he's like, well, I got a, I got a word for Jeff. And then I immediately like, it was one of those words that just hits you to your very core. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about when somebody gives you a yeah. word and it's just like, I mean, like how it says the word of God is powerful, piercing into the division of soul and spirit joints mm -hmm. and marrow. Like it was one of those types of words. And I immediately like started shaking, like my mm -hmm. knees started knocking. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that would, I would say that was one of the more powerful ones I received. What was it? Okay. Was so, well, he said, um, I have it all written down, thankfully. Um, but he was like, God is going to be increasing your prophetic anointing, mm -hmm. um, and that you're going to get more controversial. Um, and I knew that that was going to be more controversial to the world, but more controversial within the, the church as well, exposing things that need to be exposed, talking about things that need to be talked about. Mm -hmm. um, getting things out in the open. Cause that's very much what God is about right now is like, and it's a lot of discomfort guys. If you think I'm comfortable with all this, I am absolutely not. Like I'm one of those people that's very like, I'm a middle classic middle child, like peacemaker. Yeah. You're diplomatic peacemaker. peacemaker. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's not something I don't like. I don't, I don't, I don't become disruptive. I don't come by it honestly. Um, and so it's, it's definitely been a growing thing. Um, and then, uh, well, knowing that I would just like to say, I'm proud of you for doing it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That's hard. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's just said, really asking, asking the Lord what, what that means and allowing that to kind of unfold and, and realizing, you know, not, not trying to make that happen on my own. Okay. He said, be more, I'm going to be more controversial. Okay. I'm just going to make myself more controversial. No, right. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Right. So, but the the Holy Spirit is probably going to be prompting you to do things that are going to feel little or talk about topics. I'm like, oh, oh man, here we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, was there more to the word, or was that it? Yes, there was. I don't have my journal um, with me because I would I would love to actually detail it a little bit more clearly. I'm trying to remember the other bits just off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that was the the major. The main, oh, he also said this. He was like, Jeff, he's like, being, even when you're trying to be like agreeable or you're trying to just stroke the head of everybody that comes by and, and um, uh, he's like, pride can still come in where you're trying to be humble. True humility is saying exactly what God says, even if it's about yourself. So it could be something like God saying like, God says I'm good at, this thing. And he wants mm -hmm. me to really lean into that. Mm -hmm. um, that's not being prideful. That's saying exactly what God said. And so yeah. for me, there's always been this trepidation of like, oh, how do I, you know, like, I, I, I don't want to come across as prideful when I know I'm, I know I'm not prideful. I know I'm not being prideful when I'm saying this, but I'm like, I don't want people to think this or that. So Which you makes you say, prideful. Right. Because you're yeah. caring about what they think. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of what so for me, it's honestly like God has been, it was one of those things too, where I would open up the Bible and, you know, like 
you always seem to land on a scripture or a common theme that God is trying to say to you. And one of them was, you know, if it's in Galatians where it's like, if I, if I'm trying to still win the approval of, of man, then I'm, I'm not a servant of Christ. And I mean, it was like, so that was, I had, I had stumbled across that verse and it really hit me uh, earlier in the summer. So I want to say around May and then the entire summer was marked by that where I was coming, people were saying things, mean things. And, and look, I I'm one of those people, Rachel, I'm like, if people don't like the show, I bless them. Go watch Elijah streams, go watch it. Like wherever you're being fed, please go do that. But there's a group of people that God wants us to go after. And we're still on our way to that place that I can't do it the way that everybody, I can't do it by committee. I can't do it. I can't do this the way that 300 people want me to do it because I'm like, and then, and then I essentially divorce myself from what I know God has shown me about how to do this. And, and that I care more about. I care more about that than I do about the 300 people, even though it means dying to my, dying to my desire to please people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what God, that's what God is after. He's just laying, making me lay that down on the altar. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I remember a friend of mine described pride in a way that I thought was a great picture to have. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, like for you, Jeff, like God has called you to like picture a, a piece of land that has like a white fence all the way around it. Right. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's your promise. land. that's what, that's the center of his will for you. That's what he's called you to. That's yours. Mm -hmm. And if you were to occupy only part of that, that's pride. If you don't expand and go all the way out to the outer edge of that property, occupying and fulfilling and managing and operating the whole piece of land, that's pride. God said, dude, this is, this is yours and you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Who do you think you are to do this, to think so small when he said this, right? Yeah. And then pride is also stepping outside of that bounds, mm. going one foot outside of that fence. Who do you think you are? God right. told you this is yours. Don't go one foot outside uh-huh. of it. And it's just, it's that occupying it fully and not occup- occupying one inch more, doing whatever he tells you to do to the fullest extent and being that good manager yeah. of the, the, um, what is it in the, you know, where the, it's not lots, it's, uh, um, the talents, the, the talents. The yeah, talents. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go bury it. You know, I want to get the maximum return on my money, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And I have something good. I've said that I, I keep in my mind all the time to help me have the right motivation is that I, I try to live my life in such a way that to, as best I can live the kind of life that when I stand before God, he's like, you did what mm-hmm. I asked you to do. And the, the um, opposite would be standing before him and him saying, gosh, I had so much more for you, mm-hmm. you know, but you didn't, you, you missed it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm so afraid of that second one that, you know, I am highly motivated to to do anything and everything as he yeah. tells me so that i i get to not hear i had more for you yeah you know yeah. and yeah. becoming controversial and um not pleasing people um it's nice because it kind of weeds out some of the junk some of the yeah. some of the the hate the haters oh, yeah. They yeah move on yep. and you find your tribe and um the people who love god and are being led by him will understand and respect it too but but again kind of doesn't matter if they do right yeah 
Well, yeah. the reason I felt like to ask you what was a, a word that really stood out. So I don't know if it's that one or something else, but it just felt like there was like a word that's been spoken over you that you haven't seen fulfilled yet. Um, mm. But it really was the Lord. And he really like wants you to be believing for that and really press. I know exactly in. what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, there good. is another word, but I don't, I, I don't want to, I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after the the show, there's something yeah. that not to bait everybody going, Oh, you know, but it's just, I think there's certain words that God gives you that you're like, mm, that's, that's, I'm not, I'm not supposed to share that on this type of a platform yet. You know? Right. Um, well, I don't even have to know what it is. I just, no, like I, 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 yeah, I, it's more like on a personal level. I can tell people on a personal level. Um, yeah. but yeah, I feel released to that. Um, but yeah, no, it's cause I literally was having a thought about this word this week and it's been an area where where the enemy has really attacked me in mm -hmm. um i've just standing on this promise from god um and it's one that god has i've honestly been a lot like gideon uh with this one where i'm like god if this is true then do this and then he does it and you're like okay god if this is true <laughs> then do this other thing you know yeah. it's like um, and I honestly, I'm not necessarily putting God to the test in that way, but it's just people who've been in the same place know exactly what I'm talking about, where there's mm -hmm. these moments where there's just some promises that take a little bit extra something to stand on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I understand. So thank been you. There. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. 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 Well, that's exciting. Whatever it is, because um, it feels like it will be a little bit beyond you, you know, a little Yes. Which is awesome. That's where you really see the Lord do amazing things through yeah, you. That's the good stuff. Yeah. That's when mm -hmm. you see God come through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so actually I wanted to ask because I actually saw this in the notes. And also thank you for asking that. I'm for the record, everybody, how you see me talk like this is how you'll how I end up talking to people when I meet them. Like I'm not that I really wanted to show myself mm -hmm. on this show and not have any kind of facade uh mm -hmm. so i'm very open very transparent um mm -hmm. so yeah and that was another area where i got i got challenged or i got not even challenged and it wasn't people were said mean things they called me conceited and self-centered because i would it's a conversation we have a conversation on this show and so you say something i say something you say something i say something and people were like go on someone else's show if you want if you want to talk about yourself i'm like dude this is not you know and i've seen some people say stuff in the comments before and everybody who knows the vibe of this show now are like hey that's not that this isn't that type of show this is a conversation um so people get it now and i've got plenty of plenty of guard dogs now god bless you guys uh but um yeah so thank you thank you for asking that i really appreciate it that is really interesting because you don't come across arrogant at all to me but uh, well i know yeah so it's... but you know what honestly i think that some some like i think the enemy sends some people to us to try to discourage us from oh yeah from what we're doing right so yeah. like i ended up blocking haters like if i saw that someone um, had some consistent hate in the comments man they are blocked like you're out well, and I'm okay with, because of the nature of my heart for this show and what I wanted, what I really believe God wants to do is have it be a bridge between Elijah's dreams and then the non, non charismatic, non prophetic community. And that's what we're seeing. I'm seeing people come in who are like, this is foreign to them, but they're starting to experience stuff. 
And this is giving context for them. This show is giving context and helping them understand the why behind some of what they're experiencing. So I am okay with people coming in and being like, you guys are a bunch of idiots. What are you even talking about? I'm okay with that to a certain extent. But if somebody comes in repeatedly and shows no signs of changing, then I'm like, hey, you guys are authorized to ban this person. Because I know there are some people who have watched this show who start out being like kind of like iffy. They're like, I just don't know. But like, yeah. And now they're in a place where they have more context and they they understand yeah. better and don't feel that way anymore. So I'm okay with yeah with some of that. And I'm sure you are as well. Yeah. Um, I but think I you can tell the agree. difference though too. Oh, like, yeah. You can kind of feel the spirit on something, especially yeah. – I mean, some stuff is like that's like demonic, like because you can you can feel it like a, like you read the comment and it like affects you, like it it really it has a sting to it, yeah. and it it doesn't feel like there's anything that's good that's going to come of that. And part of why I ended up blocking people was because of Candace Owens on Twitter when she was saying how she had all these hateful, hateful, horrible things that people were saying, and she ended up finding out they were bots. I don't know if you heard her talk about that. No, who was this? Candace Owens. She wow. uh, she's on the Daily Wire. Yeah, I know, I know who she is. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I just missed the name. So yeah, she had said that that she found out that they were bots, these accounts, as yeah. they did like an audit on the accounts of these these people that had been saying all this stuff. It was not real people. It was bots. Yeah. And yeah. they were targeting specific kind of people. And I so I started seeing some of my comments differently. Where I was like, oh, this is repetitive. It's super mean. Like, I'm blocking them. Right. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. that's the other thing too, is is, is like this whole this whole uh, arena of social media has completely changed the game in terms of how we interact with people and that, yeah, some of these people might not even be real people. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I'm not, I'm not as inclined to talk to people, you know, contest with people online who are disagreeing because so much better to talk person to person with somebody who disagrees with you versus online mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. most of the time online too, it's like trench warfare where it's like everybody's in their trench and no one's moving and yeah. there's this whole no man's land. And it's just, yeah, for me, it's like less about, I'd rather just say stuff and let people get upset if they get upset. And, and then, yeah, if I meet them in person, have a legit conversation with them. I feel like that's, yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's better. I think it was Brene Brown. It was like a quote that I saw somewhere and it said um, it was something about, uh, well, it's kind of like the man in the arena thing, you know, where it's like basically the people who are actually putting themselves out there and actually trying and doing something, um, you know, and you're, you're, then you're getting hate or getting like criticized from people who are not, they are not putting, they are not putting themselves out there. They are not, Actually, you know, some are like some right. people will, and you'll get criticism from people who are great people who are doing good things and all that. But, but sure. for the most part, it's like the criticism comes from people who ain't doing anything. Right. And they just want to yeah. criticize you. And then they like, they don't have the right to speak, you know? Yeah. It's, and my answer to that would be, I mean, if there is anybody who feels that way, they're like, oh, Jeff, you would just do that. Or oh, Rachel, if you would just do that, the more people we have doing this stuff, the better, like, don't put all of your hope in what, what God is doing through me. There's things that God wants to do through you person who has an issue with maybe how we're doing something and you would do it differently. Go do it differently. Go do like, maybe you're seeing something, a different Avenue that God actually wants people in or wants people yeah. talking about it in a certain way. Go do that because you yeah. see something differently than other people do. And I actually just released 
uh, we do like post reels and I posted a reel of something I said very similar to that actually today. So um, yeah, That's true. I, I had a friend who helped people figure out what their calling was. And one of the questions he was, would ask them is what makes you mad? Hmm. And the reason why was he was saying, if it makes you mad, uh, there's a good chance you're supposed to do something about it. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now, back to the show. You know, and so it's kind of it kind of goes along with that. Like if someone's like, boy, I just really wish they would not have a conversation. I wish Jeff would just be quiet and listen to you know all the time. Well, maybe you're supposed to have a show and, and do right. that kind of show because yeah. maybe there's an absence of it or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes yes. that can be an indicator. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you're not arrogant and I like that, you, that we have conversation and go back and forth. And- yeah. That's, that's my, that's my jam, Rachel. That's yep. how I like it. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm kind of changing my show to be in person. Yeah. And so oh like, yeah. I've been noticing that. Yeah. So I'm like flying people to me and I'm setting up a studio and we're going to be doing long, slow conversational style basically the Joe Rogan kind of um, love it. concept love it. of it's like, we just talk till we're done talking and, yeah. and it's very relaxed, authentic. It's back and forth. It's face to face. Cause I really, I love this platform because of, you know, it, first of all, it was so necessary for, you know, COVID stuff. It, it yeah, was so absolutely. helpful to be able to hop on and do this. And I think it has its place and I'll still do this kind of thing, yeah. but I really love face to face conversations. Yeah. I don't like the phone. I don't like computer. I really like to look into someone's eyes, you know, uh-huh. and, and there's talk. a different experience being in the same room with somebody, mm-hmm. you, especially as, um, spiritual people, um, mm-hmm. discerning individuals, there's something else different about it. Um, you know, this is, this is definitely more convenient, but being in person with somebody and getting to see them, see the dimensions of their face, look into their eyes. I, I agree. There's, it, it is a really special thing. Yeah, it is. And when I filmed two so far and I loved it, it wow. was like, it lit my soul on fire and kind of the same thing. I knew though, by, by changing and doing what I was doing, I was going to get some criticism, which I did mm-hmm. <laughs> got unfollowed from a couple hundred people from the first <laughs> interview I posted because I interviewed someone who is a Jewish man, uh, not a Christian, uh, he was, he's political. He was a political advisor for my coalition and I just adored him. He was, mm-hmm. he's so stinking smart and he has very interesting stories and has had a very, was he the guy life. from the FBI or something like that? There's a guy from the FBI or something like you interviewed somebody. For, what, oh you, no, that was someone just in my hometown that I know that it, he was, he's running for Congress and okay. he, um, he was in the FBI, but no, this is, his name was Steve Hertzberg. He was, uh, an election, like he started 20 years ago saying we have a serious problem with our elections. Wow. He's a, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, I can't remember the term he uses. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, he started analyzing elections just as a concerned citizen on his own time and then started a nonprofit 20 years ago to try to monitor elections and make sure that we had um, transparency and honest elections. And he started realizing like, we are in a really serious situation. So after the 20 years ago, it was 20 years ago. And he's like, no one would listen to me. Yeah. Back then, like he's such a forerunner. So, so anyway, but I believe that God is drawing him to himself through us. It's been really interesting because we spent a lot of time with him and, um, 
we've talked about the Lord a lot. And I, I think he's, he's a pre-Christian. Yeah. Awesome. He's just a pre-Christian. Yeah. I love that. But you know, he cussed and he, you know, he's, he's not a Christian. Like he's, he, so he did some things, said some things that were controversial and oh boy, people get, got real mad. Yeah. But it is about what I just told you too, about, you know, when you shift, like when, if you become more controversial, you lose some people, but then you gain other ones who, who loved it, mm-hmm. you know? So is this going to be something that you do? Is it a once a week thing or is it just a whenever thing? What's it going to look like? Yeah. So right now I'm shooting for once a week. I would love to do like two a week, but it's really expensive to do it this way because I'm paying to fly people out and putting them in a hotel and all that, you know, so, so it's really expensive and I'm just paying for it on my, on my own. So, um, so yeah, once a week for now, but we'll see. Maybe if it goes well and if I get like more donations or whatever, I can increase it and, and do it more. Yeah. So how cool. And so is yeah. it just in your is it you said it's in a studio? Is it like a home studio or is it actually in like a different space? Well, the first two that I filmed have not been in the studio because we're still in the process of setting it up. Um, I the I got a t- big table and the tabletop when it was delivered had a big hole in the center. It dad oh. like it, you know, had gone through the box or whatever. So that <laughs> delayed thing. So we've been like yeah. we filmed one in an Airbnb in Fort Lauderdale because we were out there for an election forum that was being mm-hmm. put on um with General Flynn and awesome. and yeah so we he we were both speaking at it. So I that was Steve Hertzberg. So I filmed that interview at the Airbnb that we were staying at. And then the one yesterday I filmed in my dining room. So we're, we're until the studio is set up it's just been kind of random. I have another one that I'm filming this Tuesday. I'm really hoping that it's set up by then, but we'll see. It's just in my house. And is, uh, your, are your sons helping you out with that or? Yeah. My 20 year old. So we have 24, 21, 20, and 16. My 20 year old works with me solely. So like when I was campaigning, um, I had a really scary situation with like a stalker guy. And so I ended up realizing I needed to not go anywhere alone, which was really hard for me because I'm very independent and like being alone. And yeah. so it was like, Oh, big change. And so he started traveling with me at that point and then just started working with my campaign. And then when that ended, I told him, you know, when God showed me that I could do this with a show, he, he gave me actually a word through my husband and through another woman that I didn't really know. And it was the exact same word. Wow. Um, and so I knew that I was going to do this with the show. And I said, Hey, if you want to keep working with me, like, let's do this together. So um, so yeah, he's doing it with me. In fact, he was in yesterday's show. So we're editing it right now. I haven't put it out yet. We filmed it yesterday, Awesome. but, um, he was actually in it and I think he's going to start just being in it in the actual show with me. And he's very, oh, he's really? a very thoughtful. Yeah. He thoughtful. seems that way. What's it? It's Eth- Is it Ethan? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. You had talked about, you'd done a video kind of a, I think it was like a, where we go from here video after the whole run for secretary of state. And yeah, um, yeah he's very, very, he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Well done, Rachel. Thank you. Yeah. My boys are like the greatest joy of my life because mm. um, when you raise kids that love God, love you, love each other, are bright lights in the world, like it's the most, it's the most incredibly satisfying feeling. Um, nothing compares to that. Mm. I, I really have a lot of gratitude for my family situation. Mm. 
Yeah, as you should. As you should, Rachel. Thank you. Are you gonna have kids? Do you think? Uh, we're um, we're definitely talking about it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that we just we revisit. Uh, I would say whether whether it's God utilizing the time that we haven't been parents because we've been we've been married for eleven years. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's God utilizing the time or it's actually God had other plans, you know, like he's, we've definitely done a lot of things where it's been easier to do them, not having kids. And so yeah. I would say at that time, we didn't really feel like it just made sense not to have kids. I think that's the best way to, and I think it's, you know, throughout my entire time being married, you know, you always have people that are like, I've had some really bizarre experiences where people like reprimand me for not having kids. And I'm like, first off, not your decision. Thank yeah. you. You know? Yeah. Um, but then, uh, uh, yeah. So we, you always have those moments, but, um, or people think that we're barren or whatever we are not. Um, so far as I know, um, yeah. you know, so, um, you know, but it's just, yeah, it's something that we talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I've just kind of resigned to the fact that I'm going to be an, an older parent, you know, uh, and that's okay. Cause mm -hmm. I plan on staying in shape and being active and, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. But um, yeah, I mean, the thing is like both Lauren and I, we love kids. Uh, you know, we're really close with my nieces. We have two nieces. My sister has two kids, um, you know, so we, I love kids. I'm not, awkward around them or anything like that. I think a part of it is because I'm, I am a big kid. Like a lot of my friends, kids have the same interests that I have. Cause I collect action figures and I play video games and all that stuff. And they're like, Oh, you mm -hmm. like the same things my kid does. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, it uh, might be hard to have kids when you yourself are a kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why do I, you know, uh, or at least I'll have, uh, you know, buddies to play with, you know, when I have kids. So, uh, yeah. it's a lot of work. I mean, it is, yeah. it is a lot of work, but yeah. like I said, it's the, it's the hardest, most rewarding work you ever do. Yeah. And I think too, for me, it's like, it's going to be different for sure uh, than being married. But I think the thing that I've found with even marriage, there's, there's a lot of, there was, at least for us, there was a lot of talk of like, oh, marriage is hard. You got to work at marriage. You got to, and yes, it is. But I heard more talk about how hard it is and how much you're going to fight than I did about the actual th thing called marital, marital, marital bliss. And I think that for me and for Lauren, the scales have been tipped more on the side of because we're committed and we, I'm, we're united under the same banner and we're committed to the same things. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, yes, we fight just like everybody else does. But the absolute joy of being married to her far surpasses any difficulty we will ever face um, because we love each other and we love the Lord and we're actively pursuing him together. And I think that, you know, that old adage is true. It's a cliche, but it's like, you know, being married is like a pyramid where, you know, you're here and she's there, but the God is at the top. And the more you grow, go towards God, the closer you get, but it's true. It is actually true. And I'm glad and, you say that because a lot of people do t speak negatively 
about mm-hmm. marriage and I have a fantastic marriage Yeah, and I lo- we've been married for 26 years. We have yeah. been so happy. We get along great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have gotten to where we don't really argue that much. Like mm-hmm. it's so rare, yeah. you know, it, in the beginning a, a little more, but really sure. they never even went through like the hard stuff that it does feel like everyone warns you about. And yeah. I'm sure that was their experience, but that was not, that's not my experience. Yeah. I love marriage. And I think too, also it's like, for me, it was, and for Lauren, it was this realization of like, if we're preferring the other person, yep. if Lauren's preferring me and I'm preferring her and we're serving one another, yep. that negate that negates, first off, it reveals your heart. Yep. Like it definitely reveals your heart because you go, Ooh, that aspect of me is kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. Lord, I surrender that to you. I repent of that. Um, but at the same time, and yeah, there are moments because we are human. There are moments where I don't prefer her or she doesn't prefer me, but, but ultimately that's our, that is our, um, that's the track that we've laid down is mm-hmm. I'm preferring her. She's preferring me Yeah. and serving one another and carrying that in mind. So I go, you know what? I'm going to buy her flowers. Like that's the thing I do on the regular. And when I worked at Trader Joe's, um, you know, they have a great flower section. Uh, yes, and, um, and I would buy flowers and my coworkers would be like, Oh, what'd you do? And I'm like, no, nothing. I love my wife and people. It just took it. That's people's immediate draw when I'm buying flowers is that I did something wrong and I'm trying to say, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, how about just buy things for your wife because you love her and you want her to see a smile on her face. Like, you know, so let that be a lesson. Any guys, if you're just like feeling a lull, just start buy, just start doing stuff like that. Small things. Buy her favorite candy or go out for coffee or go on a walk or buy her flowers just because. It goes, oh, it goes a long way, Rachel. It really yes. does. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? I think the best marriage advice I got right before we got married was from another couple that had been like very happily married for like 35 years. Mm-hmm. And I asked them for advice. And the husband said that the best – way to have a happy marriage is before ever speaking any kind of criticism or uh, bringing up something that you know would turn into an argument um, ask yourself the question is this comment or this topic important enough to bring up if it is going to ruin our day oh wow yeah like so can i let it go and if i can i should let Mm. it go if it's too important, it, it really needs to be discussed. Just know you're going to ruin the whole day by bringing it up, but you have to bring it up sometimes, occasionally, yeah. right? There are some things, but there's a lot of things that I think I would have said had he not given me that advice, you know, like something critical or mm-hmm. like, I don't really like the way he did that or you know, just whatever. And yeah. man, it stopped me. It's been such a safeguard for my mouth. Like, just don't say it. it's not worth it. Well, and I'm like, I would say for me too, realizing how much of a, a, a feeler that I am, mm-hmm. um, has helped inform both of us a little bit better. Like if I'm fine one second and then we go into a store and all of a sudden I'm just like snippy, even when I'm trying not to, and I like see these things, like all of a sudden I'm just irritated Yeah, and I'm like, it's actually having that knowledge now has helped me and her to stop and be like, okay, cause she's a, a bit of a feeler herself. And so to mm-hmm. stop and go, okay, Lord, what's going on? Like yeah. why stop right where we are? 
and realize, like I was saying the other day, I was in a store and then there was like a, I was, I started feeling really like sick to or dizzy and swirly. And I was like, Whoa, like, did I, I just ate. I'm not lightheaded because I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking around. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, okay, Lord. And I heard witchcraft mm-hmm. and then I looked down and there was literally a spell book right next to me, you know? So wow. it was like that they were selling at a store, you know? And, uh, and so I think that has really helped too to inform mm-hmm. both Lauren and myself. That's why it's so important to grow in the Lord, to not just get locked in to like, nope, God doesn't speak that way. Nope, that doesn't happen. No, this is, well, it does, whether you accept it or not, the spirit world is real and yeah. you're actually doing yourself a disservice. And I would even argue part of the reason why our country has gotten the way that it has is because a lack of understanding of our authority, like we were talking about earlier. And I mm-hmm. think that that's a huge, huge thing is like, acknowledge, you got to acknowledge those things because once I started acknowledging those things and accepting, okay, these things are real. I'm not reading into things like this is actually real is it it's, it's brought a lot more peace. It's made me feel like I can actually fight. It's made me feel like I actually mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know. I could keep, keep saying a lot about it, but I think yeah. yeah, no. I have I had the exact same experience. I tend to feel environments when I walk in and feel I'll feel what people are thinking or feeling or whatever. Mm-hmm. And until you learn that that's actually a gift and you can do something about what you're feeling and um you know that you're not just stuck with that and that it's not your own feelings. That took it took a long time to learn the stuff you just said. But once I learned it and still sometimes I'll forget, you know, like something will happen and then something else happens and I'm feeling stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh gosh, okay, no, this is not normal. Like something's going on here. I need to stop and pay attention. Um, but it's so helpful. It's, it's, right. it changes your life really. Oh, once for you discover real. It. But think yeah. about like the cessationist churches, like they don't, none of this, they, I mean, they're not operating in any of it. And I just wonder what kind of defeat is in their lives that is unnecessary that, that, if they were to know the truth about a lot of the supernatural type stuff that they could be set free from things, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, there's this like, you know how they always say like, Oh, uh, Christians, they, they always try to, they pretend like they're perfect and they, uh, which has been a criticism in the past of, of many, uh, many Christians for good reason, uh, who, you know, been hypocrites or, um, you know, demanding for perfection from people when God, God doesn't, in our own ability, God is not demanding perfection. He knows that that can only be done through Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And so I think that, um, and so, yeah, obviously God says, be holy as the Lord your God is holy for good reason. But um, I think that even within there, there's like this, within the cessationist movement, there's this whole desire of like, I don't want to disappoint God. I want to hold to the letter. I want to do these things. And I don't even want to entertain those things because, uh, because it's, it's bad and, 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 and I, it's evil and it's pagan and I don't want that. And so on that level, I can understand that desire for perfection, that desire to want to do things right. But, um, at the same time, it's like, why Rachel, why, if you started a venture, okay, if you started doing something, let's say that what you're doing now with a, a new new method of, of, of the Rachel Ham show. It's still called the Rachel Ham show, correct? Yeah. Okay. So you go out and you start doing that. I know you're going to make mistakes along the way. 
I also know that you are going to learn from those mistakes and go, well, uh, actually, we shouldn't shoot it that way or we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do that. Hey, let's not edit this way. This works better. This resonates with people. I have complete grace for you to learn how to do that along the way, to, to, to slowly refine and become better at it along the way. If I have that, God definitely has that with you. Yeah. And so for me, it's like there's this lack of grace that we, that people give other people, but it's telling because it also says they have a lack of grace. They have a, a poor understanding of grace for themselves with the Lord. Yeah. So, yeah. Very true. I think being a parent really helps me with that because um, I can see my child just completely screwing up, maybe even intentionally, you know, like just doing something they should not be doing. And in that instant, I, I, I don't want um, God's best for them any less in that second than I did when they mm. were being so sweet and great and obedient or whatever, you know, like not one, not one percent less. Yeah. But it's very instinctual in a healthy parent child relationship. The parent mm. really genuinely just at all times unconditionally loves their children and wants the best for them. It, it's you, it's like, you can't help but want the best for them. And you want, you want them to have every blessing and be blessed and just, you know, it, it's it's interesting because then you realize like God it absolutely feels that way about us. There's right. not one little percentage change in how he feels about us yeah. when we are just totally screwed up and screwed up, screwing up, doing things we shouldn't do. He's just I really yeah. I believe he's just really crazy about us. Yeah. And I think too, there um back when I was in missions and I did a lot of promoting missions and I'd go and speak. We uh, it was like a we call it a mobilization department. So you'd go to like youth groups or college groups and we'd go like do these big trips where we'd go like all along the West coast or to Colorado. It was really fun. Uh, but I would talk to a lot of students who were really excited about missions, but they just couldn't, they couldn't, they had a hard time getting, engaging their faith into the equation, uh, which to me, I always call it like the, the currency of heaven. Faith is the currency of heaven, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like this electricity that, that um, or like the fuse of your faith that completes the circuit for God and he's waiting for you to insert it in. Um, uh, and, and they would be like, yeah, I just, I, I, I want to get into missions, but I just don't know if I'm hearing God. Right. And there was all this anxiety because they're trying to hear God. They're trying mm -hmm. to hear what he's saying and they're actually making efforts to listen. And I said, God isn't sitting there going, oh my goodness, uh, Mike, I wanted you to go to China. I didn't want you to go to, to Japan and, and, mm -hmm. and bring my love to the Japanese people. It's ruined. It's all ruined. <laughs> yeah. God is like, Mike is hearing my, would you check him out guys? There's my guy. There's my guy, Mike. He's actually here. He's getting it. Like, keep going, Mike, keep going, keep pressing in. So this whole effort of like, this anxiety of getting it wrong and hearing God wrong. And what if I hear God wrong? The very fact that you are stepping out, that you are engaging your faith, that you are exercising mm -hmm. that, trying to hear God. Do you know how delighted God is in that? Mm -hmm. Like he, that is the thing that makes him over the moon because the more you step out and the more you do that, the better you hear his voice, the stronger you get, the more clear it gets. Mm -hmm. And that is so, so paramount to get that, that God isn't sitting there going, how dare you, Rachel, you heard me wrong when I, I didn't want you to 
do the home studio thing. I wanted you to still do it online and it's ruined. Mm -hmm. It's all ruined. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. I think there is a pretty, there's, you know, specific wills of God and, and a broad will of God. I think there's a lot that is um, pretty broad. And sometimes we think it's all narrow. And there's times where he does tell you, do this yeah, and absolutely. you better do that. But then there's, a, I think, a lot of times where it is like pretty open handed. It's like, you know, the scripture that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. um, he, he really does do that. Like as, as you pursue the Lord and have intimacy with him and you, you genuinely are living to, to glorify him, it's amazing how often um, you get to do what you want to do to some degree. And I, I remember, I think it was John Piper that had said, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. Hmm. And if you think about it, like, like to an unbeliever, to these atheists, right, who I've been interacting with, um, I believe that they are drawn to the Lord, that like, what they see in me, I think draws them to the Lord because I'm genuinely satisfied in the Lord. You know, that, that is something you should want that, that actually does draw people to the Lord. Um, you know, so I think that sometimes it's like, there's this, this sense of, like you said, kind of like a fear of, I, I want to make sure I do the exact right thing. And it's kind of like, you know, relax, pursue yeah, the really. Lord, pursue the Lord, love him, yeah. worship him. And don't worry so much. Well, there's like, there's enough things. Uh, competing for our anxiety and our fear. And the one thing that we shouldn't have anxiety and fear over is our pursuit of the Lord. The fact yeah. that we're like, God, I'm so like, I only have five minutes, but I want to connect with him right now. God's like, not going to be like, well, nope, I need 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Like it, God's gonna, God's gonna show up. Like he's gonna I just, yeah, I'm like, it's not God. If you're pursuing God out of fear and anxiety, you're doing it wrong. Like, and, 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 and just relax and just breathe and just rest in him. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. Not I'm going to fill you with anxiety because you're doing it wrong and you're not yeah. doing enough. Yeah. I just been there, done that Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's no good. I had a situation recently where a couple of different things had happened where it was like, I, like stumbled into the center of a total God uh, divine appointment. And I thought, wow, I didn't even like, it wasn't like I obeyed some things and, and then got here. It was like, like I literally like accidentally made a left turn and then accidentally went, so, you know, I don't, it, it's not that, but I'm just saying like, yeah. it was like almost like a series of accidents led me into a beautiful divine appointment. I was like, that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the Lord said, as you are pursuing me, I actually cause your instincts that you're not conscious of your instincts yeah, to be Holy Spirit that. inspired. Wow. Like it's not just your conscious mind that I can speak to and, and we can interact, you know, it, it's literally even, I can inspire accidents wow. yeah. to, to get you to the right place. Wow. Steve and, has a great story about that, uh, that he shares at like the reawaken America tours. Um, but, Basically, there was like he was getting onto a plane and it was like before they had assigned seating or something like that. I, I'm going to get some of this wrong, but the, the meat of it, I'm going to get right. And so he's they're all rushing in. And basically, he uh, realizes the area he wanted to sit in was all full. So he just like sits in the seat just right next to him. 
uh, and it was all like instinct, right? It was mm-hmm. an open seat. He wanted to sit. He needed to sit somewhere. She just sits down. Turns out that there are these two people sitting next to him. I think it's a husband and a wife. Uh, Michael, if you remember other details, you can chime in. But um, but it ended up being this encounter where like they knew the same people, and it was this really powerful encounter. Man, I, I'm I'm actually not remembering the rest of it. But it was one of those instances where he's like, now, did I have, and he asked the people, did I have um, this moment of like from the Lord where I was like, ah, I'm supposed to sit right here. This is exactly where I'm, no, he didn't. It was a very, like you were talking about, it was an instinctual Mm -hmm. thing, sat down and ended up being this total God encounter with these people that on the, on the surface, it looked like it was just by chance, but it wasn't by chance. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. Yeah. So, Pretty cool. Yeah. Like it because I feel like it just shows like the the gracious sweetness of God. Like and it's, how not, he is. it's not it's not because we were doing everything right. You yeah. know, it was, it was just him just like taking care of us. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. one was someone who was friends with his dad in China back in the day. Um, so yeah, crazy. Crazy. Yeah, I often wonder that though, like how many things in my life. Do, do I look at as just normal, but actually we're totally God. And I actually think I, I would mm-hmm. argue probably a lot of things are actual God things that I didn't, even now I might look at as they were just a, something that happened, you know, but it was mm-hmm. a total God thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm curious if, if when we get up to heaven, God's going to like show yeah. us this, like if he's either going to show us or we're just going to have a knowing about it of like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Like yeah. it was it was you the whole time. Like mm-hmm. look at this. Because there's things Rachel like even in my time in missions where I uh you do something out of obedience you feel like and you see zero fruit for it. Mm-hmm. Like um when we were in Thailand, one of the times I was in Thailand, uh, we we um ministered to men in um this the red light district tourists mm-hmm. that were in the red light district and man i remember all their faces still to this day mm-hmm. all the men that i had meaningful conversations with i still remember all of their faces and it was this was 2000 2009 um and i remember having these no one came to the lord that i know of but i know that i at least have the knowledge now that i'm like god doesn't waste anything and i'm like what are those guys doing now? And, and I know that those conversations with them about what they were doing there had powerful impacts on them. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but there are other times where uh, you, know, you do something and you're like, well, that was that was a fruitless venture. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, as I'm getting older and I'm getting more aware of things in the spirit, I don't think so. I think that I, I know, I know that's not the fact is that it wasn't a waste because I know that God doesn't waste things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let that be an encouragement to people listening that there are things that you've done and you look at, you go, I failed this person because I didn't, I wasn't able to lead him to the Lord or I uh, didn't do this right, or didn't do that. I'm like, God doesn't waste things. And even mm-hmm. if you don't see a, the reaping of 
a soul, you know, uh, to the kingdom doesn't mean that you were an instrumental in that person arriving at that place. So, yep. Yeah. I think we won't know until heaven that no. I think there's a lot of things we do that we have to just trust. Yep. Yep. Trust. I, my son's a seer and I love that because it's very, there's a lot of things that, that I, I would have to do by faith that now with him, I'll get to see, like there was a time when uh, my husband and I were in our bedroom praying and I had been threatened. And so we were praying for protection. And my husband said, Lord, I just pray that you would send your angels to protect us. I pray that you would surround Rachel with your angels everywhere she goes and, and, and just, you know, assign them to her, to guard her. And our son knocks on the door. He's like, what are you guys doing in there? And I'm like, we're, we're praying. And he's like, because the whole house just filled up with angels. And, Whoa. and we had literally just asked for them to come, Whoa. you know? And so Whoa. I had to, I prayed and I believe when I, when we, when my husband prayed that I believed that God would give me angels, but I had to do it by faith. And then he, and that's happened several times where there was something that it was like, wow. Mm. <laughs> like, and I try to tell those stories to, to make sure people understand that when they're praying, it, you're changing things, you're affecting things, things are happening. And it can be so easy to get into a rut and not pray with power because we're not seeing what's happening when we pray, yeah. but that's, that's something that I've had the privilege of getting to see multiple times in our, in our life with our son praying and seeing things change. That's I mean, crazy. we were, we were driving down the highway the other day. I we've been, it's a half hour drive to take him to school. So on the way there, we have been having him like say what he's seeing and then we pray accordingly. Or like, we, we like, we're like decreeing things and then seeing what he's seeing. And, and I've been like doing it every day, just trying to kind of see what's Good going on. And yeah, and it, we don't normally do that. And he doesn't normally want to do that. He's like, like he, he's 16 and he's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to do that. You know? So he's a um, teenager. Yeah. Yeah. He just, uh, can we just listen to music? So, um, but the other day it was so cool because I had just told the Lord, I don't want to go anywhere. If your cloud does not go, if your fiery pillar does not go, I do not want to go. Like mm. I want to go where you're going. Well, we get into the car where you start driving. Haven't even asked my son what he's seeing yet. And he goes, wow, that's really weird. And I said, what? And he goes, well, there's just this like cloud in the spirit, like right in front of us, just like, like right in front of our car, like as we're, wherever we are going, it's there. And I'm like, Whoa. you're kidding me. <laughs> I guess just, just thinking about it that's because, so cool. um, you know, he sees a lot of things in the spirit that are more like angels, demons, light, dark, uh, forms and shapes and stuff like that. But but to see specifically a cloud, when I had just asked the Lord, I don't want to go where your cloud does not go. I do not want to go where your fiery pillar does not go. And then see it. It's like, that's incredibly encouraging. Yeah. And so I just feel like for other people who don't have a seer in their home, you, you're doing the same thing. You yeah. just don't get to see it. But you are. Believe it. Have the yeah. faith and have your faith be strengthened and encouraged by that. So cool. Have you ever seen an angel with your own eyes? I'm curious. Or a demon? No. I well, what I have seen is flashes at in my peripheral. Mm. Like I'll see like a flash of light or a flash of something dark, but never. Well, um, I've seen a pillar of light. Okay. Um, woke up to a pillar of light standing next to my bed, like bright this bright pillar from the floor to the ceiling, just bright light pillar, but it didn't look like a an, an angel or didn't have any shape. It was just like like a rectangle 
kind yeah. of. Um, so th yeah. that's it. But yeah, he sees I, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like physically with his own eyes. Yeah. That's so cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, we have a guy on our show, Micah Turnbow, uh, who's going to be on next week again, and he sees angels with his own eyes. And I'm just like, man, because I've only ever seen, I've seen, I can sense angels, mm -hmm. um, but the only thing I've ever seen with my own eyes has been demons. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's um, definitely, I sense more angels than anything now, uh, where I'm like, and I'll be in a, a group setting and i'll be like oh, i think that's an angel and then uh and then someone's like oh and, whoa an angel there's like and they'll point right in the direction where i felt something like there's an angel that's like oh sweet okay getting warmer mm -hmm. so i because it's just i'm so fascinated by it you know but again yeah. i was talking about the other day about experiences because someone wrote me and they were like whoa you have cool experiences like I know we're not supposed to envy, but like, I would love to have those experiences. Like how, how do you do that? I'm like, I just make pursuing the Lord, my mm -hmm. focus. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't go to God for an, in, for an experience. Like I want, I want a cool experience. Cause I want to, it's like a feather in my cap. Like, no, I just, I just spend time with God for the sake of spending time with him. And if I never, Rachel, if I never have another experience with God, he's good enough. Like he's enough. Like, being with him is enough, not, not the experiences. Those are a byproduct, but like, I never, I never go to God hoping for an encounter, but I, at the same time, I don't think there's anything wrong with him. Like, man, it would be cool to see an angel. Like I'm mm -hmm. I, just, cause it would be cool. Not cause I want to worship one. Yeah. Um, you know, no, I uh, agree. Cause I'm just fascinated. Although a lot of seers that I know, uh, don't love being seers and, there are several adults who say they used to see and they asked for God to take it away. And so it's interesting because yeah, we, we think of it as only positive, but it can be pretty intense. Yeah. I would say even just from a feeler standpoint, I, I can understand that. Yeah. Um, definitely can. Yeah. Um, the last couple of years, it's been hard to be a feeler. It has. And even like up here, like I remember, um, in 2020 when like all the race riots were happening portland was really bad yeah and it was palpable like i would get up in the middle and I, I couldn't see but i could see in the spirit and yeah. i i saw demons like roaming the streets like and it was one of those things where i was like i don't want to i don't want to go out there i don't want to yeah. go out there right now like i would wake up i woke up a lot in the middle of the night during 2020 especially mm -hmm. like i would yeah. wake up almost every night at like two or three in the morning and would, um, interestingly enough, I think that that is when a lot of people who practice witchcraft, that's when they're very active is around yes. that time. So yeah. it's, um, it's not surprising. And then I would get up, God would be like, Hey, I want you to, cause our governor, she's, she's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <special. you> know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's in the ranks of Newsom and everyone else. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I would get up and God would be like, I want you to go down to the Capitol and I want you to release, you know, you tell me something to release. I'm like, and you, it's one of those things where, you know, you can't go back to sleep once you hear it or I'd be yeah. getting ready for bed. And he would, he said that actually, I, I didn't get woken up, but I was getting ready for bed. And then he's like, no, I want you to go down to the Capitol. And there were some cops down there. I'm sure they thought I was so weird. <laughs> Cause like, Oh no, here's another guy trying to start something. Uh, Cause they'd like, barricaded off the main entrance because there was a lot of like protests and tearing down statues and stuff. Re but I agree past couple of years, it's been very tough 
being, yeah. being a feeler. I Very stopped good. leaving my house a lot for a while like because I was because I feel so going out, I mean, I just felt people were tormented. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. So I, I would find myself like just crying. I'd be driving on the freeway and I could mm-hmm. feel the despair yeah. and the fear. And I would just I was just like so so I was just like every car I would go by, I would just pray for them. Mm-hmm. And I would just be crying because I was just like I could feel because I was never afraid during that time. And I yeah. remember going uh, into Trader Joe's actually right when it all started. And it looked like in like movies, like post-apocalyptic movies, when like they go into like a store because they're like, we need, uh, you know, we need, uh, you know, hydrogen peroxide. We're out of hydrogen peroxide. You need to go into the store. And they go into the store and like, you know, it's like all the shelves are like barren. There's like one cereal box tipped over like two cancer. It looked like that. And I remember mm-hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine who was not a Christian and he's like, well, this is crazy. And I told him, I was like, I'm not, I am not afraid of this. And I remember the look in his eyes was like, I was an alien from another planet. Like he, like he, he could not understand how I could not be afraid of yeah. what was going on. And I didn't get a chance to, cause I was, I mean, I was fired up. I was ready to like, this is the time when I'm going to just like, God's going to just blast this dude. But then he was, he was a manager. And so he ended up like, right as I was opening my mouth, he got interrupted and taken away. And then I never saw him again because um, there was all this weird social distancing and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 No, I I really feel sad for people who did not intimately, intimately know the Lord these last couple of years. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah, but, but I, I hope that that was setting the stage to lead them to the Lord. I think it is because I there's a lot of people who've come to the Lord through the past two years, a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, mm-hmm. And so maybe some people, your walk with the Lord got rekindled during mm-hmm. that time. Um, so it's really, for me, it's very exciting to like, I have this anticipation of what God's going to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, because man, it's like, all of this is unto something. What God is doing in spite of whatever the enemy is trying to do is unto something. And so I'm just very, very, very excited uh, in my spirit. I feel it about what God's going to do next. Did you so. see that that video with um, Dutch Sheets, Tim Sheets, and Chuck Pierce? I don't think so. It was really good. I think it was maybe end of last week. Uh, I, I'd go watch it. I think it was on, it was on Dutch Sheets channel. And I'm you know he does the, he does the give me fifteen, and but and normally he does that alone. It's just him. But that day he had them on, and because they all three had like been hearing the same thing, and they they were releasing it. And it was so encouraging, and I wow. love them. I I have listened to them for a long time, and feel like yeah. they are really like really they they hear from the Lord, mm-hmm. and um so yeah, I was I was really encouraged and excited. Uh, hey, what do, you, what do you think about this, Rachel? As someone, uh, this guy, Steve V said, is a feeler someone who has a strong gift of discernment? I'm a feeler with discernment, but not sure if that's just, if that's the same thing as being a feeler, but also having the gift of discernment. Would you say they're kind of one in the same or similar? I think, I think it is a form. Yeah, I think it is discernment. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 would, that- I would say yes. It also can be, um, the reason I hesitate a little is I feel like it can also be connected to like a uh, word of knowledge. Um, you know, like sometimes I'll feel something and I'll, I've actually even had 
heard people's thoughts before, which is very interesting. Um, I don't get to choose when I do it. I don't, it doesn't happen that often. So don't worry. If I don't, I don't hear people. I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm hearing all their thoughts. I've, mm. it's only happened a handful of times, but, um, I don't know. I think it can sometimes accompany a word of knowledge gift too, but yeah, I think, I think it is discernment. Okay. Do you think so? so? Some, I, I would say, I would say, yeah. I mean, at least in my mm -hmm. case, it's definitely been discernment, but for me, it's like feeler gift of discernment and words of knowledge they they kind of intersected for me like a, mm -hmm. a three uh uh three strand cord mm -hmm. so um yeah i would be i maybe we should do a we should do a teaching i should i should look into the, having a teaching series on that because mm -hmm. i think that would be really really good for people yeah um yeah because i think like we were talking about like like i grew up church of christ so i, I was in a cessationist Church, oh wow yeah my whole childhood until my mid-20s that's where i was and man i had to learn so much you know and i wish something like this would have been around right like you can hop on and learn like i had to like seek out a mentor and um you know we switched churches that a place that believed in the gifts and and was operating in them and um but even then like i i had so many questions when you don't know what's what like you need to be trained and taught in what is going on if, if you never have been around right. that yeah. or like to to for like me that's where i learned about feeling you know like when i i used to just constantly feel stuff and i thought it was me and and all that and and through that mentor was where i learned like oh no that's a gift and you're discerning something you're you're god's showing you something you know it's like oh my gosh man changed my life so there might be yeah, people who are in cessationist church that like while we were at the cessation church, my dad and my mom went to a class at another church and they came back and told me like, Hey, um, the gifts of the spirit actually are real and alive and our church is wrong. <laughs> and they started awesome. training at me at home about it. So, um, but if you, you know, if that is your background or even if it's still currently for people, like they're still in those kinds of churches, they, they need, they need someone to teach them. Yep. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. And I think, yeah, the more we can do to equip ourselves and to learn, because, uh, uh, yeah, I just, we're just, we're, we're, we're only seeing, we're, we're only seeing half the picture. And I think too, like Krista Bullock was on Elijah streams and she and I have talked about on Elijah fire several times about how for too long we've been operating with like a, a three fingered hand, if that, you know, where we've, we've removed the apostle, we've removed the prophet. And sometimes mm -hmm. even we remove the evangelist from a lot of circles because they make us uncomfortable because mm -hmm. it means that we have to like, I don't know, be the church and, and, mm -hmm. you know, share faith. Um, and, and one of the ways that we, we save that is by going, Oh no, like that's the evangelist job. They're going to tell people about Jesus. I don't have to. I'm like, well, you might, there'll be moments where you're going to have to, um, or at least stand for what you believe in. But as a result, it's like we've embraced the the teacher and the pastor, and that's only, only part. Of, that's only part of the picture. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. yeah, yep, I know. I I hope that that changes. Yeah. Uh, did I tell you that that uh, Robin Bullock? I two different times when I was watching his show, he had words for me. No, through the show. I knew about the, I knew about the Hank Kuhneman one. But that yeah. was in person, I think. That was yeah, that was in person. But yeah. but I've never met Robin. I've never met him or talked to him. No, but through the live stream, he said Rachel, and then like this is a word for Rachel, and had had twice. Wow. Yeah, and one of them, he said my name and my brother's name, 
And we just had an argument with each other and we're like, <sighs> and he said, um, Rachel and Ryan, which is my brother's name, mm-hmm. knock it off. Wow. Or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> and so anyway, well, it just was so cool. It's yeah, so cool sorry. that like through a live stream, you can give a word to someone you've never even met. And it really, like I really needed both of them were like really impactful. I needed it. And I was so grateful for it. Yeah. So pretty cool. Man, I love that. And that's something that like I was totally missing out on because I was raised Lutheran and then slowly but surely God has bit by bit. It was like Lutheran and it was just non-denominational Christian, but kind of cessationist ish still. And then it was Calvary Chapel, which is definitely less cessationist, um, but still very much like uh, not. You know, not really moving in the gifts though. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then it was just bit by, and then I went into YWAM and like that just blew the lid off because there's so many different yeah. YWAM is a melting pot. And so mm-hmm. it's like that really, because I started having encounters with the Lord and I would hear, you know, like in his you know word, or I'd wake up in the middle of the night and he'd be like, I want you to read this, this passage. And it was like something that was exactly about like what I was going through at that time. And and so when I learned about, because YWAM's motto is to know God and make him known. So like the first week you always have in the, the schools they do, you always have a focus on hearing God, what he sounds like. And I realized, I was like, that I that's what's been happening to me. Like That's mm-hmm. how God has been talking to me is these ways. And so uh, it was really cool to see that. And then bit by bit, it's just been like, so it's interesting because I have a huge heart for unity within the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that I've kind of been carted around by the Lord's direction to all these different denominations. Um, so I have a huge, huge heart for unity within the church. Um, uh, but we cannot forsake the gifts of the spirit. We cannot. Yeah. Uh, if it's in the Bible, I want it, Rachel. I know. So, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. You know, it's interesting. I grew up Church of Christ. Yeah. Then in college, I attended a Presbyterian church. And then my first a supernatural encounter um, that was very dramatic was with an Episcopalian priest. And wow. then I went to an Assemblies of God church. <laughs> and then like just non-denominational, but kind of like assemblies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I've seen like all the different spectrum too. And they all have strengths and weaknesses and yeah. You know, just things that they emphasize and de-emphasize and whatever. And all of them, there's good godly people in all of them. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. So Yes. All right. Well, I well, have to go read my son up. So yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I was gonna say, let yeah, I was feeling the same thing, you know. I, let this thing breathe. Uh, but Rachel, seriously, thank you so much. I actually would love for you to just pray for people. We talked about a lot of stuff, so I'll just let you pray for people as you feel led, and then I'll let you go. Okay. So Lord, I just thank you so much for this time, this just sweet fellowship and conversation. And I just thank you for providing this time for us and and for connecting us together and for everybody who's been on and and been a part of this conversation through through watching the show. I just pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would speak to them. I pray especially for for people who um, are in this category that we've been talking about of not really knowing, you know, 
about the supernatural or about how you still work and operate here on earth and in signs and wonders and speaking to us and dreams and visions and all of that. Lord, I pray that that those people who don't have experience with that, I pray that you would lead them to the right information. I pray that you would show yourself to them. I pray that you would connect them to environments where the gifts are at work and, and so that they can learn and see that and experience that and grow in that. And Lord, we do pray also for the cessation churches. Lord, I pray that that the the pastors and the elder boards and and the leaders would have encounters with you, undeniable encounters with you that change them forever. I pray that you would show yourself to them. I pray that you would move in science and wonders, even though they don't believe that it exists. Like just Lord, like blow the lid off of of those churches and cause them to see the truth of how amazingly powerful you are and how, um, how sweet you are. And so Lord, I just pray that, that there would be a real awakening in cessation churches mm-hmm. and that, that, that that situation would change, that churches would experience your power, that their congregants would experience your power in a way that, um, just lights the world on fire. And Lord, we do lift you up. We acknowledge that you are the one and only God. There is no one like you. You are good. You are gracious. You are so kind to us, Lord. You are so faithful to us. And Lord, I thank you that that you have Holy Spirit inspired my instincts. And I pray that for every person. I pray that that um that they would be so drawn into that intimate relationship with you that literally their instincts would be inspired by your spirit. And, and I pray that the, all the things that we discussed that, that I feel, I feel like, like there's people that are listening and they're like, I want that. I want that. I don't have that. I want that. Lord, I pray that you would give it to them. Show, show them what they need to know, touch their life. Um, Show off for him. I, I love how you, I feel like you, you just, you just amaze me with things that you do for me. Do, do that for everybody that's watching, Lord. I pray that, that, you know, as it is your goodness to us that, that causes men to, to, you know, be led to repentance. I, I pray, Lord, that, that your goodness would overwhelm our country and that it would draw men into repentance and into relationship with you. And Lord, we do ask and we will keep on asking. We want revival. We want it now. We want your glory to fall. We want signs and wonders to break out all over this nation. We want the hearts of men to turn back towards you, Lord. I pray that you would get a hold of people's attention, yes. their, their hearts, Lord. I pray that that um, you would break through this haze and this, this um, like spiritual fog and spell that is over people's minds. We, we cancel that now in Jesus name. And Lord, I pray that, that uh, where there was fog, now there would be your Holy spirit enlightenment, um, that there would be revelation that, that people would come to know the truth and embrace the truth. And that our country would see your glory. Yes, Lord. And Lord, we do ask for that that a governmental SUV that's on thin ice, Lord, we want justice mm-hmm. from the evil that the enemy has tried to do to us in these last couple of years and, and things that have been happening for much longer than we even realized, Lord, that the injustice of it, Lord, 
like hear our prayers, give us justice, give us justice, vindicate us, Lord. You said that you would be our vindicator, Lord, and we believe you. Vindicate us, Lord. We just we love you, we honor you, we worship you, we humbly submit to you, and we delight in you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Rachel Ham, this was fantastic. <laughs> How can people follow you? And then also, you know, it's very exciting about this new 2.0 version of Rachel Ham show. How can people watch that as well? Yes. So I am on YouTube and Rumble under the Rachel Ham show. Um, you know, as we know, YouTube is censoring. So I keep interviewing these people that have, they say things, you know, that it's very interesting, but like, I'm like, Oh, can't put that on YouTube. So um, I'm really encouraging people to subscribe to my rumble channel so that I can put full interviews on there. And then I'm putting so far as I've had to put like just clips on YouTube. So, and then I I think there there will be some shows where I can put the whole thing on YouTube, but Mm -hmm. it just depends on throughout the conversation, you know, if they end up saying something. So, so yeah, YouTube and rumble, the Rachel ham show. And then all of my social media, I am at the Rachel ham. So YouTube, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, truth, social, Gatter, Facebook, (laughs) um, everything is the Rachel ham. Awesome. So awesome. Links yeah. are in okay, the description. Don't forget though, everybody too. Um, as soon as we get off, we're going to give a hundred dollars to Elijah Fire. So can you put the little like giving thing back up so everyone is? So yeah, it's, it's ElijahFire.com/slash/donate, and then there's also a slide at the end that has that information. And there's also okay. a link in the description. Uh, it it just says donate to us, and then you can click that link. Um, yeah. So it's not okay. going to look like ElijahFire.com/slash/donate if you click. It's like a Q give because that's it with the redirect, but Elijahfire.com slash donate sounds way cooler than qgive.3 slash five, all that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Thank you in advance, everybody, Rachel. I really appreciate that. Thank you to everybody who donates. It makes all this possible. It makes it, especially as we're going to five days a week, it's even more resources. So yep. um, seriously, thank you. Thank well, you, Rachel. Well, your show's been a blessing to us. We can bless you right back. Thank you. I appreciate it. So everybody, that's our show. Have an amazing, amazing weekend. Remember that next week we're going to five days a week. And uh, join us on Monday. We're going to have Tyler Medina back. We had a great ministry time last time he was on for the first time. I just let him go. And we saw some amazing, amazing healing and deliverance and all that. So I can't wait. It's going to be a great show. He's a great guy. So join in Monday, Tyler Medina, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. And we will see you guys then. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.